All right, all right, all right. We are back with another edition of the Leo G Show. I am Leo G. It has, it has been a minute, man. But we, life happens, things go, things go on. But you know, we decided, hey, I got to get this show back on the road, man. I got to get the people what they want, man. So Leo G is back, and I am back with um, the two people that I love to feature, and the two featured people on this show. It's it's a permanent, they're permanent fixtures now. So shout out. As always, my man right over there, Banks, what's going on with you, brother? What up, Leo G? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. I know you over there feeling pretty good, man. You know what I'm saying? Rocking, yeah, rocking the ATL. So we both rocking the ATL, man, because you already know what time it is. We're going to get into it in just a minute. You know, as always, we want to pass it over to my man. What? Banks? What's up? Are we Are we missing somebody? Yes, we are missing somebody, Leo. Um, what gives? I don't know. Well, uh, looks like we missing my main man, Derrico. Man, shout out to Derrico, man. I guess you know what I'm saying. Schedule wasn't permitted; he couldn't fire it up, man. But look, we had to get back on schedule, man. We had to fire it back up, man. So, Banks, I'm glad you could jump on this thing, man, and we could do it because it's it's one of our favorite times of the year, man. It's time to crank this NFL. It's time to crank. Well, time to crank football back up. Period, man. It's time to crank up high school. Time to crank up college. Time to crank up NFL, Canadian League, all that pop Warner, everything, man. It's football season's back. It's always a, a good thing, man, in the fall, man. We, we, we're we here for it. I'm definitely here for it. What about you, brother? Absolutely, bro. I just can't wait, man. You know, it's not just football, man. It's just the fall season, bro. I'm just – I'm over the summer. I'm a hot nature guy. I hate being hot. And bring on the cool weather, brother. I'm, I love cold weather. Just – Let's go. Football comes with it. Yeah, man. Makes it even better. E- even though uh, in Georgia, it don't get cool till about, you know, the middle of December. So we had 80 degree days up until like, you know, December 18th, man. I remember a couple of years ago, man, on Christmas Day, it was like the high was 85. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, is, it is. It is what it is here in Georgia, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it too, Banks, man. A little cooler weather, man, because it's been, it's been hot, man. A lot of stuff been going on. So look, man, this is episode 44, I believe it is. It's been a minute since we've, we've dropped the episode. But um, unfortunately, man, we still living in some crazy times, man. Got the Delta variant or that COVID thing running around, man. Still um, advocating for people. If you hadn't already gotten vaccinated, man, you know, I, I would say do it. Or do some research, consider it, man. But it's getting crazy out here, man. Um, it's cranking back up like it was in 2020, Banks, man. It's it's getting crazy. Yeah, like you're calling your phrase, um, we're living in Covidia. And this is um <laughs> <laughs> we are um at times where we feel like, man, this thing this thing ain't going anywhere, man. It's just we just gotta live with it and we're gonna know, have to get through and, it. Yeah. We're gonna have to get through it, I guess, man. Like I said, man, you know, Get vaccinated if you you know if you're on the fence, man. At least do some research um, about the vaccine, man. These hospitals are getting overwhelmed again. Shout out to all of the um, frontline workers, our nurses, our doctors, emergency room staff, hospitals, man. They they've been putting in extra work, man, and they've been overwhelmed again, man. So I definitely want to give a big shout out to them because you know they 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 putting in work, man, to make sure you know what I'm saying they take care of people, man, and, and get them back to health, man. But this is really a big a big crisis, and um. We need to get we need to get through it, and like you said, this is probably going to be something that we're going to have to deal with for quite some time. But anyway, moving forward, banks. Like I said, man, we we in the football season, man, and already you know we still we still on YouTube, we still rocking the YouTube channel, and you already know, man, both of us are rocking, you know, the ATL joints. You know, it's no, you know, you know, you you see it, it's ATL, man. We rocking it already, man, because it's, it's about to start up. Uh, banks in the gradient red. I'm in the all black. All black. That's what we do. Now, we'll have a conversation about that in a minute with the uniform schedule that came out today and how you feel about the all black uniforms. But um, Banks, man, are you ready, man? Preseason is finally over, man. And we are almost a week away, man, from the regular season here coming up, man. Are you are you ready? I am ecstatic. And yes, Leo, I am ready. Let's kick it off. Let's go. All right, man. Hey, it's it's coming pretty soon, man. First home game for our Atlanta Falcons. We'll talk about our Atlanta Falcons because that's what we do. We talk about the home team. Um, September 12th in Mercedes-Benz Stadium against the Eagles. First game. 
of the season. So let's talk a little bit about preseason, Banks, because me and you've had some conversations off air, and I wanted to get this out on the podcast and talk about the preseason, man, because you and I have had kind of some mixed feelings about the preseason and how it was handled or, you know, whatever they decide, whatever they did, man. But we're going to get right into it, Banks. So preseason – so we went from what we were used to last year, of course, 2020, we didn't have a preseason at all. No preseason because we were right smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. They decided not to have a preseason. I think that, you know, that was the right thing to do. But previously, before 2020, we were doing four games in the preseason. Now we come to 2021, we cut it down to three preseason games. But on the upside, we go to 17 regular season games. So, Banks, first of all, man, I'm going to get your thoughts on how you feel about three preseason games as as opposed to four preseason games that we've been doing. Well, for me, Leo, um, I think three is, is still too many. I, I feel like you know who, in the grand scheme of things, like who's going to be the the guys that's going to carry the 53-man roster. You know that in training camp. Um, preseasons for the guys that's for the, on the bubble, you know, I, I looked at it, you know, as, you know, preseason is a glorified scrimmage, you know, for a lot of teams. A lot of teams can care less if they play their starters or not. I mean, it's not a, it's, it's a game situation, but it's, it's a, it's a game that is, is, it's really a waste of time for, you know, the starters of the, the guys that's going to actually play the game for all 17 games, you know, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, well, we'll get into it here in just a minute, Banks, because you and I talked about something here. But, you know, for, for me, preseason is preseason. Like you just said, I kind of agree with what you said. Um, got, getting guys acclimated like your rookies, your undrafted free agents, getting them kind of acclimated to, quote, unquote, the NFL is, is, is for them, actually. And veterans, you know, if you've been doing it four, five, six, 17 years, man, it's really not, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, preseason is really not going to get you ready and prepared for regular season matchups. With that being said, Banks, so new coach Arthur Smith comes in. We have a whole uh, brand new system, brand new coaching staff, brand new defense. Dean Pease is over the defense now here in Atlanta. Um, went through the three-game preseason, and Banks, they're, most of our starters, our veteran starters, did not play the preseason. Um, and I'm talking about guys like, you know, Grady Jarrett, Debo, Deion Jones, Calvin Ridley, Caleb McGarity, um, Jake Matthews. Well, I think Caleb McGarity did play this last game, if I'm not mistaken, against Cleveland. Um, but the core people, Stephen Means, I don't think suited up. Uh, some of the core guys that are veterans, that are starters, did not suit up for any of the preseason games. Of course, obviously, Matt Ryan didn't suit Well, he suited up for the last game, but he did not go in and play. So, Banks, with that being said, I'm going to give you my spiel on that, and then I'm going to let you go ahead and, 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 and tell the people how you feel about it. I, you know, I don't think starters or veterans have anything to prove. New coach, new system, either way. You're a veteran in this league. You're a starter in this league. If you've been in this league four or five years, I don't think there's anything to prove. Yes, it happy scheme, new scheme, timing, all of that stuff actually matters, but when you've been in this league and you know what to expect, even though there are new is a new system in place and, and there are new schemes and stuff in place, I think that you you should be ready to go day one. You're a professional. You know you know what to expect and you should know what to do. I mean, you're in training camp. The system has been implemented. I don't think game time reps in preseason really mean a lot, um, especially coming from somebody like a Matt Ryan that's been in the league for 16 16- you know, I think I want to say he's going on with 13 years, 14 years. I'm not I, I can't keep up. He's been it's 14. It's 14. 14 yeah. You know, it, just, it, it you know, he's been through three or four different coordinators. Um, He knows the game. I think that, you know, preseason reps. Are not they're not warranted, in my opinion. I think preseason is for, like you said, Banks, those guys who on the bubble, those late round draft picks, those undrafted free agents to go out there and get a look and let um, the coaching staff and the team feel like, okay, who do we keep? Who do we need to to, to put in, in in a depth position? And also that giving them their due diligence by getting them some film out there 
if we do let them go, other teams might be able to evaluate these guys and pick them up off the waiver wire banks. Do you feel the same way or do you feel differently about this? Well, the only thing we, we discussed this before is that, you know, I, I had my concerns, you know, in this particular preseason with a brand new regime, a brand new head coach, brand new philosophy. Um, I, I, I wanted to at least see if Matt Ryan was comfortable. You know, he's had so many different offensive coordinators, so many play callers calling the shots for him in his tenure in the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I would wanted him to have some kind of game time simulation of this offense to get him, you know, I guess some kind of continuity. Um, but none of the starters played and it's like, oh, well, I guess week one is our first preseason game for these guys. I mean, I, I really wanted them to try to show that they were adjusting to a, a brand new system on both sides of the ball, uh, offense and defense. So it's going to be kind of a, it's going to be a, a, a learning curve, a, a growing pains, whatever you want to say, whatever cliche it is for this team this year. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that in practice that they grasp the offense and they will be clicking, be clicking on all cylinders by week one. I mean, I think, you know, practice, you know, when you go into training camp and then also not, you know, and I forgot to mention that we had a preseason game against the Miami Dolphins and they did go down there for about a week in scrimmage with the Miami Dolphins down there. I had to mention that. Um, I think that they had, they, they had a lot of time to get this system implemented. And I think they got a lot of reps in practice and I think they got some reps in during scrimmage in, um, in Miami. Um, I don't. I don't think it's that important. I don't think it's that important for Matt Ryan and those those veteran guys to get reps in the preseason. Because let's be realistic, Banks. Let's be real. Preseason is not what you're going to see. What you saw in the preseason is not what you're going to see week one. You're not going to see that. Like I said, we had this conversation. Nobody schemes for preseason. Nobody. Nobody says, okay, you know what? This is what we're going to come out and do. This is what we know they want to do. This is what we're going to try to neutralize. This, that, and the third. They're not going to. They're not going to do that. They're going to come out. They're going to run plays. They're going to basically, like I said, get guys looks. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to pretty much put together a whole package to scheme for a team in order to, 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 to try to, you know, you want to win. When you, anytime you suit up, you want to win. But in the preseason, it's not – it's nothing. The work that the coaches staff puts in implementing things does not go, I think, in my opinion, in, into these preseason games. So I don't think that these guys have anything to prove, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, I was looking at it as the, as the, you know, the brand new vision of it all. You know, you know, I don't know anything about Arthur Smith besides the fact that he was in Tennessee and he he basically turned that offense around uh, for the most part with Hasselbeck. And um, oh God, his name escapes me. The, um, the running back, um, Henry, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's, it was a a a phenomenal phenomenal turn turnaround from that Tennessee Titans team. Um, I I, I don't know if he's going to bring that same. Maybe it's going to take some time for us to have a similar offense like Tennessee. I mean, we. I don't know if you saw just uh before we went on air that we cut on Quadri Allison, so you know we're down to running back. So I don't know. I mean, it's. It remains to be seen. We will see. You know, I, I'm not. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, it, it, you know, we we shall see what uh, what they're able to do and what they're able to accomplish here with what they have. I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited. I mean, just for a new regime period. I mean, coming through, going through what we went through the last couple of years with the old regime, man, and just how disappointing it was, man. I think I am excited for the fresh start, man. So you know, preseason is over. We did get to see. Some looks from some guys, um, and you know I was I was impressed. We did get to see Kyle Pitts catch a pass in the last preseason game and take it for about twenty seven yards. You saw the athleticism, you saw what he was able to do, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. You know, just have a breakout rookie season. So, Banks, I want to talk to you a little bit about Kyle Pitts. I know we didn't really put it into the outline, but I, I want to talk to you a little bit about Kyle Pitts. And I know there are people that have put a lot of expectations on this kid, and we talked about this even going back all the way to the draft. Um, 
you know, this is the highest draft pick ever picked in the history of the NFL. You know, this kid is, you know, we already know he's six five, wingspan, the speed, everything, the, all the all the things that he can bring to the table. Uh, Banks, I want you to give me your full opinion and as to how you think this rookie season will be with Kyle Pitts. I mean, I, I don't hold anything back. I want you to give me your full and honest opinion. Because, like you said, there's been a lot of expectations put on this young man, but I want you to tell me in your own words and how you feel about what's going to happen with him in this rookie season, man. At the end of the day, Leo, and I hate to be this guy, but he's a rookie. You know, he came in, you know, before he even took a snap in this league. They labeled him the unicorn, and oh my gosh, you see what he did in college. Listen, college and NFL is two different things, okay? If you think you're going to come in the NFL and this NFL and do what you did in college in Florida, yeah, someone's waiting on you, brother. Um, I think he'll have a good career, but to come in his rookie year and set it on fire, I, I'm going to have to pull a reservation on that. Um, I'm really thinking that the, the whole uh, fan base, you know, are, are up in arms. The fact that we lost Julio and they're putting so much this pressure on Cal Pitts to be that next dude. And sadly, I unfortunately, I don't think he's going to do it. Not this year. I mean, he'll catch his fair share of, of catches and touchdowns, whatever, but it ain't going to wow anybody. It ain't going to just be like, oh my gosh, rookie of the year, sign him up. You know, it, I think his whole coming into this league was just so it's just all over the top for me you know I, I, he well, has, he's a tight end he's he's long I, dis, I, dis, you know? I disagree I disagree I disagree Banks I think that this kid you know it, given Arthur Smith's position and given the type of talent that he is I, I think he is primed to have a great rookie season and the reason I say that is because athletically man what he brings to the table and everybody has made the comparisons to you know Another, well, they played kind of two different positions, but, you know, everybody made the comparison with him to Calvin Johnson, right? We've seen all the comparisons between Kyle Pitts and, Cal, uh, and Calvin Johnson, Megatron. And and Megatron, his rookie year, he had a, a great – I didn't look up all the numbers, but he had a very, very decent rookie year. I mean, you know, <clears throat> for what it's worth, he was a game-changing wide receiver um, for Detroit coming out of Georgia Tech his first year um, with the Lions. Um, and I think that Kyle Pitts is going to present a lot of problems matchup wise with a lot of with, with, with different teams. And I mean, the reason I say that is because there aren't many teams in the NFL that have personnel on the defense that can cover somebody like this. You got to understand, you want to say, hey, OK, you know what? Double this guy, triple this guy, whatever you want to do. Um, if you take him out of the game plan. That means he's still doing his job because somebody else is going to eat. So, you know, his receptions, his yardage and his touchdowns might not be as much as, as people want to think they'll be. But at the same time, if you put him out there on the field and you look at it from a defensive standpoint, if you see two and three guys following him around, if you see him getting a lot of attention from defenses, he's doing his job. He's doing his job. And I think that this guy is really going to go out and shock a lot of people um, and be able to do some things. I watched his tape at Florida. Just the one small sample size of, of the drag route that he ran in the Cleveland game when he came across and got the ball and I saw him just take and, – and if you notice, Banks, I don't know if you watched that play, but he slipped. When he caught the ball, he actually kind of slipped. He didn't really get a full running start. He kind of slipped a couple of steps as he took up the side. Like, could you imagine if you got a full running start right up that damn sideline, man? He might still be running right now. So that's how I feel about Kyle Pitts, man. I feel as, as though he is going to have a good rookie season based upon the fact of his physical attributes and what he's able to do, whether it's catching the ball or attracting a lot of attention from the defense. You know, Arthur Smith should be able to use that to his advantage and be able to, to, to exploit a lot of different things in these defenses, man. Yeah, we'll see, man. Um, I'm, I'm not – I want the kid to succeed, but I just thought the – all the, the hype and all the, you know, this this guy here, this tight end has never been drafted this high in the NFL history. I, I think – I hope it doesn't go to his head. I think – I hope he stays humble. You know, you're 
again, like I said before, you're still a rookie. You know what I'm saying? You still got lots to learn. You know, you're not going to come in into this league and just be the man, just off the rip. You know what I'm saying? It's, and I, it's and I don't think, time, I don't, you know? and, and, and I don't think, I don't think he has that type of head on his shoulders, Banks. I don't, I think, the, I think the kid is pretty humble, in my opinion. You know, I don't think, you know, he has that type of, that type of attitude. I think he he's a hardworking kid. To me, it appears, and I could, you know, I haven't seen too much out of him. He seems to be a blue collar type kid. Seems to be a bring his lunchbox to work type of kid that's gonna come out there and work. From what I'm hearing and from what I'm understanding, you know, 200 balls after practice on the jugs machine. You know, really, really working extensively um, in in the classroom and getting to know the playbook, man. Um, when, when you when you hear stuff like 200 balls after practice on the jugs machine, it brings me back to another uh, great tight end we had here in this city, dude by the name of Tony Gonzalez, who had a great work ethic. So, you know, I'm, he's doing all of the right things right now, in my opinion, to set him up to have a great a great season. So we'll see. Very soft spoken kid, man. You know. And so we'll see. What's up, Banks? Let me ask you a question about that. Do you feel that the fact the departure of Julio that a lot of the people, especially in this city, is looking at Kyle Pitts as the next guy, you know what I'm saying, and 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 hoping that we can pick up where we left off with Julio. And and with that said, do you think that's too much to ask for for that kid? Is it fair for him to come in, mind you, a brand-new team, his first NFL start, first season, Brand new coach, brand new everything, but you want him to be what Julio was, and I mean, I, I just really feel like that's that's a lot on his plate right now. That's not fair. That's not fair to him. Um, I will say this much, man. Some of these Julio fanboys, man, they need to give it up, man. Julio's gone. He's in Tennessee, and I wish him well, man. You know, one of the all-time great Falcons. Like I said, when it's all said and done, man, if this dude goes to Canton, you know, it will be in 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 the Atlanta red and black for what he did here. Wish him all the well in Tennessee. With that being said, man, I mean, no, you can't put that type of expectations on this kid immediately. You know, I mean, is he going to have a good year? Yes. But, you know, it took Julio a while to, you know what I'm saying, become the receiver that he was. You know, it just wasn't an overnight thing. Julio Jones did some great things his rookie year, but you got to remember, he had somebody on the other side of him that taught him how to be a professional. That was Roddy White. So I think that, the, you know, whatever the fans expect, and we talk about this at, with this podcast, Banks, this is what we do. We do. We talk about this as fans. Right. Um, a lot of times as fans, some fans have these grandioso expectations. But it, when you really look at the scheme of things, man, you know, you want somebody that's going to come out and produce. Right. At the end of the day. It takes 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense. Banks, you and I both know, man, we want him to come out in and be productive. That's all I want him to do. I want him to come out being a, be a productive part of this offense, man. He ain't got to put up monster numbers. Like I told you, going back to what I said earlier, man, if he's doing his job, defense is, is, is focusing on him. We, we putting safeties out there. We trying to find a, a cornerback that may, can make cover this guy. We making all kind of mismatches. Then that means somebody else on this team is possibly going to eat. And that's what I, I want to see. I'm not putting any expectations on this kid, man. And I know you're not going to put any expectations on him his rookie year. But I, I'm looking for him to have a, a decent, you know, rookie year with what with that being said. Excuse me. So look, man, Banks, preseason overdone with. Wanna ask you a quick question, man. Preseason, overrated, underrated, man. Is preseason is it an overrated experience or is it an underrated experience, man? I think you kind of alluded to how you felt about preseason, but is is this really necessary or is this just a formality that we just got to go through and see? What is, what's, what's it all about with preseason, bro? I don't think it's underrated or overrated. I think it's much needed for certain teams. Um, coming into, you know, a long offseason for every team in the league, okay, you 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 go through OTAs, you go through the draft, the free agency period, and training camp, and then you know you just itching to have some kind of some kind of contact, some kind of football, and that week one in preseason, it's like it's it's, it's sort of a big deal, you know. It's like finally we got some football, but then once you start seeing it and realizing how a drag it is, and the the the, the, the reserves come in and they stink it up, whatever. You're like, 
eh, okay, and I'm whatever, you know. Let's bring on week one, you know. So, so let me ask you this. Let me. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this from a win loss perspective. From a win loss perspective, does it matter? Because I, I hear people say this all the time. I get when you get when you suit up. And, and you and you go out there and play. You want to win, right? But at the end of the day, when preseason is over with, man, does it even really? If does it matter that you won a preseason game? It doesn't you the preseason, matter. That you were the preseason champion. This doesn't <laughs> matter. Listen, two thousand eight, Detroit went four zero in preseason, and then that year they went zero and sixteen. Zero and sixteen. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you do in preseason. Now, as a fan, as a fan, you want your team to win at all time. They put that, like you said, they they pass on. You watch a, a Falcons game and you're like, okay, you know, they win. It gives you some kind of a good feeling, but they lose. I mean, who cares? I mean, it's it's no big deal. I mean, let me tell you something. I've known Falcons to have a great preseason and they look like total doo-doo in the regular Trash. season. So <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I wanna say, okay? I wanna I wanna matter. say going back to I wanna say going back to the ninety eight Super Bowl run, man, if I'm not mistaken, man, this preseason did not look the greatest. And we end up, you know, going fourteen and two. And not to go off track a little bit, Banks though, man, I think as Falcons fans, man, we fail to appreciate because this franchise has been around for a long time, man. But going back to that season, I you know, I'm just speaking about this and then we'll move on. That team that went 14 and 2, man, that was a great feat for any NFL team in the history of the NFL, man. That hadn't been done that many times in the league. You know, even though we missed the mark and didn't win the Super Bowl, man, 14 and 2, bro, that was that was a, um, an amazing season and how all that just, just came together. And I think sometimes as Falcons fans, we don't stop to appreciate some of the things that this team has done and accomplished. Yes, we don't have any Super Bowls, but when you look at the grand scheme of things, if you've been a Falcons fan all your life like I have, man, we have we have accomplished a few things, man, that a lot of NFL teams haven't haven't even made gotten close to, you know. And yes, the measure of success is Lombardi trophies and how many that you have in the case. But these Falcons have done a few special things over the course of, of, of history, man. So we're gonna move forward, man. Banks, we'll come back. That's another day we'll talk about that. On a, on a later episode of the podcast, man, we'll talk about some more Falcons history. So, look, check this out. 53-man is set. 53-man roster is set. Um, I don't think it was any big surprises, anything. that I think today, on, uh, before we got on air, Quadre Olison, a running back that we drafted a couple of seasons ago, he got cut. We signed another running back, man. But were there any surprises to you on this 53-man roster adjustment, man, after the preseason? I don't think there was, man. Absolutely not. I mean, everyone that – I thought what made the team made the team. You know, only person that that I had my eyes on closely that was a possible bubble guy was probably the um the kid Darby. Um he made the squad, but you know, it was, a, squad. it was a possibility that he wasn't. But you know, good for the kid, you know, he he made it, you know. So there was nobody on the roster. I took I took a look at it and nothing stood out at me. So, you know, was it status quo? Let's 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 roll. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we got to realize, man, you know, if you follow football, 53, the 53-man roster means a lot, right, Banks? But when you when you look at the grand scheme of things, man, if you don't know a lot about the NFL, the 53-man roster is an active roster, right? It's an active roster that you roll into into the regular season. But what a lot of people don't understand is that on game day, 53 guys don't dress out. You know, this 53-man roster is composed of active guys that can, you know, play, you know, given, you know, any given situation. So, you know, most of the time, a lot of people don't know this, man. There are only maybe about 44 to 42 guys that actually dress out on Sunday. But you keep an active 53-man roster, you know, and you have certain guys in certain positions that might be able to come up or be able to do whatever they, they needs to do uh, during the during the course of the season, right? So, um, 53-man uh, roster is set. Um, now, so, here's the thing I want to talk about. Got a 53-man roster, no, no surprises there. But we do we do have three quarterbacks on the 53-man active roster, right? Now, with that being said, we all know who QB1 is. Here okay. we go, Banks. We got, two quarter, we got two quarterbacks 
right now fighting for the backup position because we know we're not going to dress three quarterbacks on on the 12th. September right. 12th, we're not dressing right. three quarterbacks. Right. So A.J. McCarron started the season with the Falcons in the first preseason game, uh, quarterback from Alabama. He was slated to be the QB2, the number two quarterback. He goes down, I want to say second preseason game, tears his ACL, right? Enter Felipe Franks. Now, Felipe Franks played all three preseason games. And I think there was a lot of fanfare with him because he did some special things. We'll get into that in just a moment, Banks, because I know you want to talk about that. But we signed a guy by the name of Josh Rosen. That name sounds familiar because Josh Rosen was a pretty high draft pick and highly touted coming out a couple of years ago. And now he's been a journeyman, I want to say, three, four years in the league. So we signed him now. And there's kind of a, a little quarterback controversy going on at the number two spot. Now, we all know it's not a secret, man. Um, something happens to QB one, man. We we kind of up the creek without a paddle. But in this QB two uh, situation, how do you feel about this QB two situation? And where do you see us going with actually the backup that's going to be on Sunday, September the twelfth, when we play the Eagles? It's going to be Josh Rosen. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I mean, listen, Felipe Franks is an undrafted free agent. Okay. He did one special run and people lost their mind. Okay. Now the kid is learning a grown man's game coming from college. Okay. Give this kid some time to learn the speed of the game. He'll be fine. Is he a backup? No, he's not. You know, I think people got so caught up under that 50 some plus yard run. They don't know. They don't realize that you got to do other things as a quarterback besides run. You got to manage the team. You got to command the huddle. You got to actually throw the ball to your your team, not the opposite team. So, you know, I I look at it, you know, Felipe Franks, okay, yeah, I, I see it in him, but he's not ready yet. Josh Rosen goes, he's gonna get it on default. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a big fan of Rosen either, but he did look more. It was more fluid. The offense a little bit moved a little bit better with him, if that makes sense. Um, I, that's all I got from him, you know, coming <laughs> in, you know. But you like you said, like you said it best. Something happens to QB one, we're done. You no know, matter who's at QB two, we're done. It's over. Pack up ship. Let's see you next draft. <laughs> I mean, you know, for what it's worth, man, I think Felipe Franks. You know, like you said, with the 56 yard runs, with the flashes of athleticism, you know, and this is a topic of conversation for a later date, man. Our fan base, you know, really did see, I get, I don't know what they saw. Uh, you know, maybe like you said, Banks, you know, they, they look, you know, these flashes remind them of somebody else. I don't know who they think it reminds them of, but, you know, hey, um, we were both at the first preseason game when he did make that run and the crowd just, you know, he electrified the crowd with that run. And, um, you know, I think fan favorite. I, dude, literally, I've, I've actually heard some people say that they were going to go out and buy Felipe Frank's Falcons jerseys, you know, for what it's worth. So, um, you know, I don't know, man. We'll see how this works out. I think Felipe Franks, in my opinion, I'm with you, Banks. He will end up on the practice squad. And we will see Josh Rosen as, as QB2 come the 12th of September. But um, he he had, he he gained he gained some fans here in Atlanta. Um, by the little flashes that he had and and what he did, um, yeah, there were some other circumstances surrounding, you know, his starts in the preseason that really you really couldn't assess what he really can do. Because I mean, when you're out there with the second and third string offensive line and you're out there with the second and third string receivers, it's kind of hard to assess what he could actually do. But you know, he's gained the fan following here in Atlanta, that's for sure. Um, I guess, dude. Um. Listen, um, I don't want to bad mouth the kid because he's a Falcon now. But, you know, watching him in college, you know, he started off in Florida. Didn't care for him then. I didn't care for him in Arkansas. And now he's here. I mean, let's just see what he can do. But for him to have this big, big following now all of a sudden because of that one run, one run, and all of a sudden now he's he can he can take Matt Ryan's position. Really? Okay. <laughs> No, we now nah, okay sure. now. I didn't. No, but I didn't that's say been that. said. I, that's that's been, been, it's been said. It's been said, <laughs> brother. It's been said. It's been said. I kid you not. <laughs> I swear, it's been said. If I'm lying, I'm flying. Oh, it's wow. been oh. said. 
See, this is this this is when we really missing Derrico right now because we really need to get you know he he would he would he would swear oh nobody's saying that no, no nobody's nobody's saying he could take me right yeah whatever we've seen it with our own eyes message board social media it is what it is so look man we're gonna kind of move off of the NFL for for a minute man and talk about um something else in just a second but Banks before we move into it I'm gonna get a cup I'm I'm gonna hit you with some stuff that I didn't actually put in the outline. And and we'll we'll move on. So well, the first thing is I did because so give me where where you where do you feel most confident with this squad moving into this season? What position do you feel the most confident with moving into this season? And what position Ooh. do you feel um, the most worried about going into the season? Ooh, boy, let me think about this one. What position I feel more comfortable about? The most, the most confident about confident going about. into this season. I mean, wow. like you know, what do you feel like? We got a strong linebacking core. Do you feel like our quarterback is is the strongest asset? What What do you feel is our strongest asset position okay. um, on this team? Let me. It has me, to be something. Yeah, let me dissect this a little bit. I mean, if it would have to be a, a position <laughs> that I'm confident about, it will probably have to be the quarterback position. Only starter. Not backup, not as a whole. Now, if you're talking about a position as a whole. I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's fine. If you say Ooh, just, you know, I, you, I, you're fine with QB1, if you're fine yeah, with Brian, yeah, and I'm, that's where your I'm confidence fine. lies. I, that's the only this. thing okay. that I know that we can probably get consistency, you know, from week one to the to week 17 or week 18, whatever it is. The one I have my least concern, my least confidence in, um, unfortunately, is the defensive line. Um I gave up trying to have hope for this squad, bro. At this point now as a fan, I'm like, whatever you do and you do well, it's all gravy. At this point, just do it. I'm not going to hold out hope on, you know, they're going to get these mini sacks and all this. Okay, whatever. Just do what you do, bro. I I, I don't really – I mean, whatever. I, I, I really have no – interest of trying to hope for this squad anymore. I really don't. It's been years and me begging and pleading. Wait, 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 wait. So wait a minute. Let's 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 stop for just a second, man. Um are, are we talking about the team in general or are you just talking about defensive line? Defensive line. About? Defensive <laughs> line. Let me tell you something. I've been hoping for a defensive line ever since Rod Coleman left and Patrick Kearney. <laughs> And you know how long that was, okay? <laughs> I have it. Oh, well, well you know, uh, 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 um, Abrams, John uh, Abraham, Abraham, yeah, Abraham. John, John Abraham. But you know that even with him, you know, he wasn't there consistently on the field. You know, it's like he had injuries. He had that growing, and it's like okay, you know, and it's like after that, we've been really, really like sitting on the edge of a cliff, trying to hope for that unicorn to come up and just give us something. I mean, we were happy that a guy had seven sacks. Seven. And we were ecstatic as a fan base. If that's our if that's our happy place, then we are a we have been abused as a fan base. Abused. Because we can I mean, do much better than that. Yeah, I mean, I will say that much, man. Yeah, we have lacked a lot of talent in the in the defensive line. Uh, when it comes to the, the grand scheme of things, man. But I, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not going to go out here and, and talk about other teams, man. But you know, I think some teams with good defenses, man, it's been a core. It's hard to find those, you know, JJ Watt type players. Those, you know, um, you know, it's hard to find those those guys, man. Like everybody doesn't have one of those guys. I think for the most part, man, when you look at a lot of the better defenses in the league, I mean, it's like you know, pressure by committee. You have several guys that can to, can pressure on the quarterback, and they get to the quarterback consistently, man. Their whole front does, man. But you know, it, it's it, it's only a few guys around the league that that are just just doing that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that yes, we missed the mark at finding a consistent. Four, four down linemen that can actually get back there. I mean, because I mean, all 31 teams in this league don't have a, have, have a dog at, at, at defensive end, man. It's only a I couple of I guys that you can name off the top of your head. I'm not even asking you to be a dog. Just be consistent. 
You know, we have teams, I can count on the top of my head, that has a decent pass rush. That has They're not even big names. I'm not asking you to get a J.J. Watts or, 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 or Aaron Donald. I'm not looking for that. I'm just looking for someone to be consistent. Hell, give me eight. I mean, we do. We got a guy that's. We got a, We got a guy that's. We we. The problem is we have a guy that's very consistent on the defensive line, but he's the only one. That's the problem. That's <laughs> Grady, the problem. Grady like, Jarrett is the is is, is the only. Guy he's the only one gets that's a lot of really push. getting anything. He bring his lunch pail to work every week. You know, and we're constantly going through these this carousel of different pass or uh, defensive ends or anybody next to Grady Jarrett to give us something and we always strike out. We whiff the whole, whole all the time. We whiff. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what we're gonna get out of Dante. I mean, I I listen. Last year, you know, he he disappointed me. But he you ran know his mouth a lot. Yeah, and like I said, this year I have no expectations. Like I said, do what you do, bro. If you suck, you suck. All right. So all right, all right. So for me, I'm gonna give it to you straight up, man. I think the most surprising position that I have a lot of confidence with in this. I mean, yes, QB one is great, but I think surprisingly, man, our receiving core is is pretty good. I absolutely, even with the loss of Julio Jones, I actually think that this receiving core that we have, some of these young guys like Russell Gage and Alama Days of Kids, um, I think they're gonna be pretty decent for us. I mean, Calvin really has has really pushed. Um, to be, you know, the, the the guy, the number one guy here. And I think that, you know, this dude has a lot of jiggle. He can get open. I think it, he's going to be a, a very, very good wide receiver for us. And I, I think surprisingly, in my opinion, I'm not worried about the wide receiving core. Even after losing JJ11, I think that this wide receiving core is going to be okay, man. If you if you can keep Matt clean, I think that these guys will get open to get him the ball. Um, Now, with that being said, this is sad. I'm worried about the offensive line. Defensive line, yeah, there are some concerns, but my biggest concern is the offensive line, man. This is, whew, man, this, there are a lot of question marks here at this, on this offensive line, man. We got, you know, we know who our left tackle is. We know who our right and left guard, we know who our right tackle is and our right guard is. We don't know who our left guard is, and we don't know what we're going to get out of the center that's going to start. Um, we 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 were we were lucky to have a Pro Bowl center over the last, you know what I'm saying, three or four years. He's gone now. Now we got, you know, Matt Hennessy, who we drafted a couple of years ago, who's gonna be starting that center. And we this is what happens with the Falcons here over the last three or four years. We come out of preseason going into the regular season with question marks with this offensive line. Now you have, yes, you are absolutely right about the question marks with the defensive line banks, but Dude, this O-line, man, I don't know what I'm going to get out of this O-line. I don't. And I know what I'm going to get out of Jake Matthews. I know what I'm going to get out of Chris Lindstrom. I think those are the two most solid people that we have on this offensive line. And unfortunately, it's three other guys out there that's going to have to show up every Sunday, too. They can't do it all. (laughs) So that's what I'm nervous about, man. I'm nervous about this offensive line because that's going to be the key as to whether or not we'll be able to to be successful offensively. We have the tools to be successful offensively, but we talk about this all the time. It's one in the trenches. Can we keep Matt upright? Can we run this football? And that's where I don't have – that's where my concern is. And it's going. we're going to see right out the gate September 12th how these guys hold up, man. I could, You know, I, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm hoping that I'm dead wrong. I'm hoping that these guys are going to step up to the challenge and be able to do the damn thing, man. But – Whew, it's dicey. It's dicey right now. I think a couple of days ago we signed. We had one of the guys that was slated to be in the rotation on offensive line. He broke his wrist or broke his hand. I'm not too certain on that. We had to sign the guy off waivers. So that's where I am with that, man. So really, really quickly, Banks, man, before we move into the next topic, man, because we move right along tonight, man, I'm going to throw some stuff at you. I'm going to throw a couple of darts at you real quick because I wanted to I wanted to get you fresh. I didn't want you to do any research. I didn't want you to. I wanted to hit you fresh and hit you with these questions really, really quickly, man. And, and, and get you to give me a spot-on answer, right? Quick spot-on answer. I don't want you to think about it, man. I just want you to go right off the top of your dome and give me your answer as soon as I give you the question, right? Moving into the NFL season, first thing I got to ask you is, who is the most overrated team going into this NFL season coming up here? Go. The most overrated team got to be Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Sorry, I mean that's every year. I mean, that's every. 
But they, it's the same That's old, same year. old. I mean, it's what can <laughs> Dallas do to win the division? I mean, it's. <laughs> Yeah, that's America's. That's America's. Hey man, that's America's team. Though. They ain't that's my team. team. <laughs> they ain't my team. Whatever. That's America's team. Everybody, everybody is concerned about what the Dallas Cowboys gonna do. <laughs> I guess, bro. So, I guess. I guess. Let me let me let me say this. I guess that was kind of too easy. Um, <laughs> if you want me to really like. Lay out a team that's kind of overrated, and I can throw a team out there that could be a little shock value of it all. Um, I'm going to say New England. I'm going to say New okay. England. Um, New England is okay. kind of okay. on that on that overrated train, man. I think we saw firsthand after when um, the great the goat left and he went to another team and won a Super Bowl. And it left New England in shambles. You know, we we kind of knew what what ran that train. You know what I'm saying? So I don't. I think yeah. the whole thing that's still keeping everyone is, is Bill uh, Billichick. It's Billichick. It's Billichick. You know? Okay. Well, let's see what he does now. You know, I mean, he we'll has see. a brand new quarterback. I mean, we'll, we'll see, man. We, we we go back to a consistent ball. You got Mac Jones there now. Who's gonna who's gonna start at quarterback, man? Cam Newton cut. Mac Jones is gonna start as rookie. I mean, if you go back to go, you know, basic New England football, man, we make, we don't make mistakes. We run the football. We don't we we go, we go with the the short intermediate passing game, man. I mean, hell, I don't know. We might they might get back to glory. Cuz I mean, let's be real about it, man. Not going too far off topic, man. You know, there was nothing special about New England. I mean, they won a bunch of Super Bowls by being mistake-free, running the ball very, very well and 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 to be honest, you know, letting other teams find ways to beat themselves. You know, as much as it pains me to say that, you know, New England was very, very good at doing what they did well, running the football, doing what they did, and then, you know, other teams will find ways to beat themselves playing them, man. They played mistake-free football, man, and, and, and you know, had a very good running game, very good defense. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. So, I don't know. Maybe they get back to that. Maybe Mac Jones can play consistency, consistently enough for them to get back to, you know, those Super Bowl days, man. I don't know. You know, you lost Tom. A lot of things happened. Cam Newton happened. So, we'll see. We'll go in here. So, the next question, the next two questions I got before we move on to the next topic. Here we go, Banks. So, a lot of rookie quarterbacks get drafted. We saw a lot of quarterbacks get drafted in this past draft, okay? And I, I just alluded to one of them that's going to be started day one, which is Mac Jones. So all of those quarterbacks that got drafted in the first round that we, you know, talked about here on previous podcasts, who do you think has the best rookie year at quarterback for their team? Go. You on mute, man, by the way, so you need to take yourself oh, off. Mute. My bad. I'm sorry. It's Trey Lance 49ers. Okay. Trey Lance yeah. 49ers. I, I'm, I'm going back to my first – my first, uh, I'm going back to Mac Jones. You know, I was very, I was an advocate for Mac Jones, and it wasn't a popular choice. But now that I think about it, and now that I see what's going on in the New England, I'm going to say Mac Jones is probably going to have the best rookie season out of all the rookie quarterbacks that were drafted. We know that, uh, we know that uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to start probably in Jacksonville. We know that Mac Jones is not going to start in, in New England. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Zach Wilson is going to start with the Jets. But out of all those guys, Justin Fields, I think he might have to come. I think by week two, Justin Fields will probably be starting. I don't know how the Andy Dalton experiment is going to work up 10 with the red rifle in Chicago. But I think Justin Fields is going to end up coming off the bench. Before the, before the, before week six, I think we're going to see Justin Fields up there in Chicago. But with that being said, I think Mac Jones is in a prime position. And the reason I say this, is, let me say this. I'm not saying that he's more athletic than any of these other guys. I'm not saying that he's better than any of these other guys, but you got to look at the situation that he's in in New England with Bill Belichick and how they run their organization. I think that he's in a prime position to have a great season. In New England. I'm not saying they're going to go to the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to go to the AFC Championship or none of that, but I'm just saying I think he's going to have a decent season and New England is going to be very, very competitive just based on the fact of where he is and where he ended up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's in a good spot, you know, you know with – the the philosophy that New England runs, you know, do your job, you know, all that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's in a good <laughs> spot. So um I I like Bat Jones there. Um I really love Trey Lance under Shanahan. 
I think he's going to give the, the the best out of him. Um, is he starting though? We won. Yeah, he he's going to start. We won. There's no way okay. you're going to put Garoppolo out there when you know Trey Lance did what he did. It you know coming out of preseason. Yeah, you got to play him. And going back to Justin Fields, there's no way Aiden, Andy Dalton stand, um, starting week one. Justin Fields is going to start week one. I, all the rookies okay. going to start week one. That's my okay. prediction. So okay. All right, all the rookie star we win. Okay, so check it out, man. We're going to move on a little bit, man, talk a little bit about something else. We, we, we done spent a little time talking about the Atlanta Falcons. Really didn't get into talking about anything else other than the couple of questions that I threw at you, right, the couple of darts I threw at you. So now, really, really quickly, man, before we end this podcast, brother, we're going to talk about the, the the other home team here, man, um, that's been doing some things, and that's Atlanta United, man. Shout out to Atlanta United, man. New coach, who it is, uh, Pineda comes in from Seattle. Got a new coach, if you didn't know. Uh, but before he even got hired, Atlanta United started doing some things, Banks, man. I, they went on the tear. I think one like four games in a row there. It kind of put themselves in prime position, man, to get back into this thing, man, and make it make this a real nice go. Uh, going back to, um, you know, the 7th of August, you know, you go up to Columbus, you beat them, you beat LAFC at home, you beat Toronto, you beat D.C., we came back, had a bad outing against Nashville. You know, it wasn't going to last forever. We weren't going to keep rolling, rolling, rolling. But we lost to Nashville. But we did get four in a row. <clears throat> excuse me, four in a row. Put us back, you know, right there at the playoff line, if not over the playoff line. Banks, man, how, did, how are you feeling now about Atlanta United, brother? Because for a while there, man, we felt like, ah. Uh, then we lost the coach, new coach. Rob Valentino came in, started playing better, a little bit more form, you know, better form. And now, now we're, we're, we're back in the conversation. Ask me again in a couple more matches, um, Leo. Um, that last loss against Nashville kind of just put a whole put. It was a big bucket of water on my fire. So I can't, I, I can't, I can't see. You know, what I'm saying you you change your coach, you get this new guy coming in, and they not only lost, they lost bad. You know, so I I, I look at it like they have potential to turn it around. You know, if they get they, you know, their their feet back under them, you know, with this new coach, with his new philosophy. And for what I understand, you know, this next match coming up, you know, with Orlando is in Orlando. Um Joseph, it's Orlando, yeah. just Joseph's not playing. And again, here well, we go. Like, well, I mean, so let me so so really, really quickly. Well, really, really quickly, we got several players called up for international duty. That's not, you know, that's not our fault. Joseph got called up. Miles Robinson and so did George Bellow. Shout out to them. As we record this episode tonight, Joseph is playing for Venezuela, FIFA World Cup time qualifiers, and also George Bellow and Miles Robinson are start. Uh, well, Miles Robinson should get a start for the United States tonight against El Salvador, and George Bellow should probably get some PT with the United States men's national team as they take uh, take them on. A really big shout out. And before I get we, we before we get really really uh, a little more into Atlanta United, I got to give a big shout out. To Miles Robinson, man, and what he's been doing on the international side of things, man. Banks, we've seen this guy ball out for Atlanta United since he's been here, but now he's getting some national stage attention. And, you know, for what it's worth, Gold Cup, he gets the game winning score to beat Mexico, not once, but twice. You know, the United States beat Mexico twice this summer, which says something, man, because that's a nasty international rivalry between us and El Trey. And Miles Robinson came up huge. He is really making a name for himself, man. And I'm proud that this guy plays for Atlanta United. How about Miles Robinson, man? Give it up love, for that dude. Love the kid. Love him. Love him. Love him. You know, I I I look at, you know, his, you know, his his the way he's coming through the league. You know, he started off really slow. Now he's making his name for himself. And he's he's he's, you know, everyone's paying attention. You know, whenever you know, after a while, you know, people talk about Atlanta United. The first thing they say is, "Was well, Joseph's team? It's Joseph's team," which is true. You know, in the future, you know, what I'm saying, hopefully, you know, a transition. A lot of people, United fans, are probably don't want to hear this, but if we move on, you know, the day that we have to move on from Joseph, man, maybe Miles Robinson can be our new face. And he is is heading that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Miles Robinson, man. Him and George Bello, man. Um, and we'll come back. Hopefully, we'll get my man Reggie to come on, man, and we'll do a whole another soccer podcast and talk about some things that are going on, especially in international soccer right now. Some exciting times, man. Um, on the international scene when it, it was soccer, we got you know the FIFA World Cup qualifiers coming up here. Like I said, I'm about to tune in tonight, Banks. I will tell you 
to fire it up tonight, man, and check it out, man. Um, it's going to be, uh, you know, a good to watch the U.S. men's national team and see how they run that. Um, but, yeah, man, so, Lenny, you know, I think that, you know, we're in a good position, man. New coach, Gonzalo Pineda, I think that that was a good hire. Um, I think that, you know, he comes into a good situation. He comes from a, a good uh, lineage and a good group up there in Seattle. He came from the Seattle Sounders. They, they have been a, a good team. They've won some championships. They have some championships under their belt. This guy is an international player, played for national teams in Mexico. And uh, I think he has some good lineage. I haven't really, you know, done a lot of research on this guy, but I think he's going to gonna be a good fit for us here in Atlanta. And I think that, uh, you know, with what Valentino was able to do uh, interim and then him coming in, and I'm pretty sure they'll both feed off each other and continue to work the systems um, that are going to put guys in good position. We've seen guys like, uh, you know, Moreno come in, and he's starting to look good now. Let me tell you, the, the biggest surprise for me, Banks, and I don't know if you've watched a lot of the last couple of games is, man, we've been asking a lot of Barco since he's gotten here, man, as that 19-year-old kid that came here fresh out of Argentina with a lot on his shoulders. But, man, Barco is starting to come into form, man. You know, uh, at first I said, man, this was a mistake paying this guy all this money, 19-year-old kid coming in. But now I'm starting to see Barco actually, you know, do the things that we wanted to see him do initially, man. So is this is this now Barco's coming out party and him coming into the player that we we thought that he was going to be initially when he got here? Man, I absolutely hope so, man. Like I was really being impatient and waiting on him. I know that's kind of unfair to him. He's been so young; he had to fit into his role. Um, Barco to me seems like someone told him to play your game. Like someone like really like, like took him to the side and just start talking to him. Like, look, what are you holding back for? And it seemed like it happened overnight and you seen a different guy. And it's like, where did this Barco come from? Like all of a sudden, I don't remember the match <laughs> it was, but he just went slap off. Like where in the world did you yeah. come from? You know? So it, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, hopefully it's a, it's a progression, you know, maybe he gets better. Even by next season, you know, maybe he'll be even better, you know, hopefully. Hopefully, you know. Yeah. We shall see, man. Atlanta United, man. I'm hoping they'll be able to uh, make a, a good run here, man, and um, and make a push, man, and get us back to where we need to be. It's, it's been long. Like, 2020 season was long. This Starting out with this season was, was you know, there was a little, hes- you know, hesitancy and then everything that happened. Uh, we're getting rid of Gabriel Heinze, you know, um, mid-season, how that all panned out. Go ahead, Banks. All I just wanted to ask you, man, is going into, you know, with this new head coach, that what do you see in Atlanta United? Are you Do you see a playoff run? And if you do see a playoff run, uh, how far do you think they can go? It's hard to tell right now because, you know, he, you know, Pineda just came in. So, you know, got to shout out to Rob Valentino for coming in as an interim coach and doing it. Because you got to remember, everything that happened was 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 Rob, you know what I'm saying, during that stretch of games. Uh, once Gonzalo Pineda was hired, you know, there were a couple of – you know, he was hired and then, you know, I think he was COVID protocols. He couldn't coach. And then, you know, he, so we just we just saw him, um, you know, at, at, at the helm of this team for that last game against Nashville, man. So, you know, I think – we're having Valentino on the coaching staff and them being able to kind of, you know, that's a good thing for Pineda to have. You know, he knows he has Valentino to lean on and say, hey, okay, you had these guys, what's working, what's not. And then for him to be able to gradually implement what he wants to do and and, and have this team say, take take shape and form as he would have them, but he has somebody to lean on. So I think that's a good, a good thing for him, man. Where do I think this Atlanta United team goes? I think this team, if they can start to get click, if they can get clicking, and obviously this is a World Cup year, we're going to lose players for qualifiers and things of that nature. But if you can just hang on, we know this, this happens with every sport, Banks. If you can hang on and get yourself above that playoff line, man, they got as good a chance as anybody in the East. Don't get me wrong. You got the Phillies of the world. You got the Nashville's of the world that look really, really good here in the East. They do. Um, but I think that, you know, the Columbus, Columbus is, they're not going to go away, even though Columbus as of late, you know, they, they haven't really been, 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 been playing, you know, at a high level. I think they've been doing decent here, man, but hang around, get to the playoffs, man. And that's, that's a whole new life. It's a whole new season. 
So that's what we're just trying to do. You hang on, get yourself into the dance, man, and we'll go from there. And we'll have that conversation once they get into the dance to see how hot they are moving into moving in that way, you know, down the stretch here in, into October. So look, Banks, man, we 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 are at the at the end of the mark, man. We've had a good show tonight, man. Um, coming back, you know, it's it's been a minute. Uh, got a chance to knock the rust off, brother. So um, you know, as always, man, it's always good to have you on the show. Uh, definitely as a permanent fixture. Let everybody know where they can get at you, brother. Uh, you can find me at and and I'm sorry, I'm losing my blah, Antoine Jarrell Banks on Facebook. Or you can find me at babybanks80 on the Instagram. I'm having issues with my Twitter, so I'm resulting back to Instagram. So Are you um, still, do you need do you need do you need a uh, do you need a social media assistant? Or I'm Are you still, still, waiting, I'm still waiting on that person to come and help me. I mean, I'm still waiting until then. I'm gonna have to just keep it down to two: Instagram okay. and Facebook. All right. So you, ain't no Snapchat, no TikTok, no, sir. none of that. Just, no, it's, sir. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Oh, man. Okay, so check it out, man. You can always find the show on Twitter, man. It's at the Leo G Show, the number one, at the Leo G Show, the number one. Also, you can find us on Facebook if you're still there. It's the Leo G Show. You can also get at me at my own personal Twitter account. That's at Southern Set with two Ts, at Southern Set with two Ts. We always like talking sports. We always talk like talking about that OG Atlanta stuff, man, for real. Um, Banks, I got a, I got some stuff in the works here, man, for some upcoming podcasts, man, to talk about some real OG Atlanta stuff as we move into the Atlanta season, uh, the Atlanta Falcons season coming up. Because um, September 12th, if you didn't know, the Falcons are having a pregame pep rally party, whatever, couple of old school Atlanta artists are going to be performing. Pastor Troy, my boy, shout out to my boy Troy, big boy from Outcast is going to be there, man. So want to start talking about a little OG Atlanta stuff, man, and, and, and how it all kind of implements into the whole sports theme of the show. So be on the lookout for us to talk about that, man. Also, we want to shout out to my boy Derrico, who wasn't able to make it, man. Hopefully he'll be back for the next episode. And always shout out to my man Jay. He's always uh, an honorary member of the Leo G show, man. But you know, from going forward, man, it's 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 Banks, Derrico, and Leo G, man. That's how we're gonna rock with it. That's how we're gonna roll with it, brother. Sounds good to me, brother. And then let me get something in before you go off air, brother. September twelfth, Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Give me your prediction, sir. I need to hear it. You want a prediction? Okay, you dead serious too. Look, he got a serious face on. He like, yeah, okay, man. All right. <sighs> We're gonna go ahead and do it, man. Um, September 12th, Atlanta, Georgia, Mercedes Benz stayed at one o'clock. Atlanta Falcons 24, Philadelphia Eagles 17. Sounds good. So what you got, Sounds man? Good. So give, give me your predict, give me your prediction. First game of the season coming up, man. Let's go. Give me your prediction. Been thinking about it, you know, didn't really got a good grasp on this team. I'm going to say it's going to be a high scoring because I don't think our defense is going to stop anybody off the rip, you know, in the beginning. I'm going to say it's going to be like a 34-31 and final in overtime. I think it's going to go overtime, and I think we're going to win. Wow. Somehow, some way, with a field goal after we turned, they turned the ball over in overtime. <laughs> okay, young way cool action. Yeah, field so, goal to win it. Yeah, shout out my man, young way cool my, man. That's my prediction, and um, shout out also to Atlanta Hawks for um, signing Clint Capella to his two year. Oh yes, um, was it forty six million um, extension? Oh hell yeah, he get um, that man got paid. Uh, also, hey, look, also Banks. Before we get out of here, man, shout out to the NBA for putting some respect on the Hawks' name and giving us these nationally televised games because we deserve it. We deserve. We playing on Christmas. You heard me. We playing on Christmas. Hawks ain't playing on Christmas in thirty years, but we playing on Christmas this year. Damn it, going up to the Garden. So all you Knicks fans, get ready to get mad on Christmas Day when Trey come up there and do the same thing he did to y'all in the playoffs. Christmas Day, man. Trey is coming to town. 
Oh Ray yeah, <laughs> is coming to town. <laughs> but listen, oh my um, god, man! Listen, um, shout out to the Hawks, man. Um, they playing on MLK as well on the prime time, Excellent. like the prime time, prime game. time matchup on so, MLK. Shout good, out to good, that. Good, good, good showing for the Hawks. Um, big shout out to them. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe, maybe I can get my MLK jersey by then. Listen, they going with a whole other jersey next year. You might as well get that. <laughs> I up. know, man. I know. <laughs> um. The Braves uh, took a took one on the chin against the Dodgers. They got swept out the city. Um, they going up to Colorado tonight. Um, much luck to you guys. Keep that first place, please. Don't give it away to Philadelphia. Don't give it away. Don't give it away, man. All right, so look, we'll be back with another edition of the Leo G Show, man. We're going to team to ride with this, man. We appreciate all the support, man. We're going to be out.